Their statistics tell one story, but with the way Jacksonville State plays defensively, Spencer Rattler and South Carolina's offense could be in for a big day on Saturday. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks Podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much, as always, for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch for your team here today. We are free and available both wherever you get your audio podcasts daily and also on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepickscom college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. When South Carolina fans look at this upcoming matchup, I have seen some people on YouTube, I've also seen some people on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, that have commented about how they're legitimately worried about this football game. They're worried about the possibility of South Carolina dropping this game to the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State. Because you look at the record and you see they're 7-2. Obviously, they got to be a decent football team. You look at some of their stats defensively and offensively, and this team certainly has its strengths. And we're going to dive into all of that on today's show. But I want to start with... Jacksonville State's defense, because the way they play on that side of the ball could lead to South Carolina's star offensive playmakers having themselves a day on Saturday. Now, you might be sitting there and wondering, well, Andrew, how exactly does Jacksonville State play defensively? Well, here's the main thing you need to know about the Gamecocks defense. They are very aggressive in terms of loading the box. I went back and watched their game against the Liberty Flames from Week 7, and I counted up the amount of times that they sent five or more rushers after the quarterback or in the box in general. And they did that 65.7% of the time. So more than half the time the Jacksonville State defense was out there on the football field, they were sending five or more guys. You rarely see any football team have that kind of blitz rate this far into a football season. Oh, by the way, they are extremely aggressive, mainly on first downs. They did this on 22 different first down plays in that football game against Liberty. Now, it's not just what they do on early downs that makes this defense garner the reputation that they have. They also can get very creative on third down, especially in passing situations, obvious passing situations, because their defensive coaching staff, they will use different alignments and they will give you different looks up front to try and sort of mess with the offensive line and the quarterback. South Carolina has dealt with this now for several consecutive weeks. They had this against the Missouri Tigers two weeks ago, and they also dealt with this to a certain degree this past Saturday against DJ Durkin and Texas A&M's defense. So the Gamecocks, you know, they're not going to be phased by this, I don't think, considering the fact that this is now the third straight defense that they're going up against that sort of employs that sort of strategy on third down passing situations. 
The main goal for Jacksonville State's defense with the way they play is they want to get you behind the sticks early. They want to create havoc on first down especially, and they want to use deception and strength in numbers to get off of the field and get the ball back into their offense's collective hands. So, how could Spencer Rattler and South Carolina adjust to this? Well, there's a couple of different things that they can do because there is a reason why Jacksonville State plays the way they do on the defensive side of the ball. Because when you look at this Gamecock defense for Jacksonville State, there's no individual player on this side of the ball that is a game wrecker. You might expect that from a Conference USA football team, but typically, if you're a 7-2 football team, you got to have somebody that's just an absolute stud on that side of the football that could maybe be a future NFL player. And unless I just missed it in the game that I watched against Liberty, I don't think that Jacksonville State has that kind of player. So you throw in the obvious size and athleticism or supposed size and athleticism advantage that South Carolina is going to have coming into this game. They could expose that definitely through the run game with Mario Anderson Jr. And also a healthy balance of quick hitters to the perimeter with guys like Xavier Leggett, maybe an Omega Blake and Nicholas Harbor, and also take their share of shot plays or shot attempts down the football field in this game. I think Dal Lawkins, he's going to have a plethora of options as to how he wants to attack this Jacksonville State defense. And here's the other thing to keep in mind. Jacksonville State, in terms of a weak link that they might have on that side of the ball, I think it is without a doubt their secondary. This secondary struggled mightily against the Liberty Flames when it came to trying to make plays in the open field. They did not do a very good job of tackling in one-on-one situations. And again, Liberty's a very good football team. I believe as of this moment in time, they're actually still undefeated. So, you know, that's kind of like saying, well, South Carolina couldn't tackle Georgia's playmakers in one-on-one situations. Well, it's Georgia. So you understand it from that standpoint. But the thing that we have to remember here is Jacksonville State has not played a Power 5 football team yet this year. And I know while some people are down on this football team right now, this is still an SEC football program. This is still a football team that has plenty of talent at different spots on both sides of the ball. And so, if Jacksonville State cannot contain the Liberty Flames offensive playmakers, then I don't know how they're going to all of a sudden do that against South Carolina's offensive playmakers, the studs that they have on that side of the ball. Here's the other thing that I noticed. When these defensive backs had to sit back in zone coverage and try and defend deep, progressive routes, basically routes that took a long time to develop throughout a certain play, more often than not, their man got behind them. So this is a football game where if you are Dow Loggins, as I kind of alluded to earlier, I do not think that you have to completely employ the strategy that you used against the Furman Paladins back in week two and basically just do a bunch of quick passes early on to try and help out your quarterback. No, I think this is a game where you should take your chances down the field because with a guy like Xavier again at one spot, you have a world-class Olympic-type athlete and Nicholas Harbour on the other side now. You still got guys behind them that can also make their share of plays at times. 
you should be willing to take some shots against this secondary. This is the kind of game where this South Carolina offense, it would not surprise me at all if they have at least 18 explosive plays. I think that the opportunity for that is going to be there against this Jacksonville State defense. The stats will tell you one story. The stats would tell you that this is one of the best defenses that South Carolina will have faced all year. Here's the thing that we all have got to remember. This is a Conference USA football team. They have not played a single Power 5 football team all year. It's their first year, I believe, as an FBS football program. So Jacksonville State has had a tremendous year. No question about that. And they have certainly made their plays on defense. I don't think that that is going to be enough for this South Carolina offense, for them to be able to slow down South Carolina's offense. I think that Spencer Rattler and some of these other guys, um, they ought to be licking their chops a little bit in this game. Because as long as Spencer is not literally running for his life back there in the pocket, I think that he has a chance to pretty much do whatever he wants on Saturday afternoon against this Gamecock defensive secondary and vice versa, of course, with Mario Anderson Jr. on the ground. So, don't let the numbers mislead you. This is a Jacksonville State defense that is definitely gettable, especially when you counter in the fact that this is a group of five team versus a power five football team at the end of the day. Now, Jacksonville State also runs an offense that is led by Rich Rodriguez, which might make, you know, some of you, again, also concerned, even more concerned about the possibility that South Carolina could lose this game. But when you look at Jacksonville State's offense, quite frankly, the best way to describe it is it's stale. It's really and truthfully stale. And I'm going to explain why that is the case in just a couple of moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is really simple to play because you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and athletes to choose from are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. We've got NFL action taking place later tonight as the Tennessee Titans are taking on the Pitts. Berg Steelers. In this game, Will Levis has a projected stat line of 202 and a half passing yards from prize picks. And I think that Will Levis is going to throw for more than that passing yard total because this Steelers defense is just not very good. It's not the typical Steelers defense that we're used to seeing. And Will Levis, I mean, heck, he went off this past weekend. Why can't he do it for two weeks in a row? If you think that that's going to happen, or maybe you're interested in checking out a different game, go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash college and promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome back to this Thursday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. Clayton White and South Carolina's defense, when we look at this matchup, schematically speaking, they're going to be dealing with an offense that they should be quite familiar with, because 
Jacksonville State's offense is essentially a carbon copy of the kind of offenses that we saw in college football about 9 or 10 years ago. What kind of offenses might you be asking? Well, mainly spread option offenses. Offenses that used a lot of concepts like read options, triple options, which sometimes includes passes near the sidelines, misdirection in the quarterback run game. Bevy of different things trying to utilize an athletic quarterback in your run game. Jacksonville State, they have an athletic quarterback in Zion Webb who lines up behind center and is their starter. And Zion Webb, he is, again, your prototypical dual threat guy where he can throw the football down the field some, but he is mainly utilized in their run-heavy offense. Now, the thing with Zion Webb and the way that he played in particular against Western Kentucky, the game I watched for this side of the ball. He is sometimes a bit quick to leave the pocket. This is not a guy that handles duress very well. If he hears even just footsteps get kind of close to him, he will evacuate the pocket way earlier than he probably has to and take off running and sort of trust that his legs are going to get him out of that situation. Also, his accuracy is really not that good. He has a completion percentage of, I believe, around 50% for the season. That is whether he is standing in the pocket or maybe if he is on the move and trying to make something happen through the air. He has a tendency to sail his passes. His passes are thrown so off target that at times his receivers, even if they're wide open, they have to completely contort their body the opposite direction, spin around, have to make, you know, just an incredible grab, fully extending their arms. You get my point. He's not Spencer Rattler. That is for sure. And he reminds me a lot of, again, Georgia State quarterback Danny Granger, who the Gamecocks faced off against in 2022 in week one of that season. Granger, much like Zion Webb, again, was a very good athlete at the quarterback position and was a guy that could do some things in the passing game, but he was not consistent in terms of his accuracy. That's the same kind of situation that the Gamecocks defense will be dealing with against Zion Webb. Now, in terms of the point of emphasis for this South Carolina defense in this game. The overall thing that they're going to have to do is they're going to have to maintain discipline with both their eyes and their positioning. I would probably say the most important position unit for this side of the ball in this game is going to be South Carolina's linebackers. Because when you're dealing with an offense that runs a bevy of different option type plays, an offense that also at times will utilize some misdirection to try to give themselves an extra advantage. Would not be surprised if they do that a lot more maybe in this kind of game, considering the fact that they're facing a much more talented football team than they're used to. Stone Bland and Debo Williams, Jerron Willis, Bam Martin Scott, Grayson Puff Power, all those guys, they've got to make sure that they do not take themselves out of position because there's going to be a lot of times where the majority of the defensive line, they're not going to be able to make as much of an impact on certain plays. They might have one edge defender that gets left vacated in a certain spot, and he might have an opportunity, but otherwise, they got to work on literally just maintain their gap integrity, not getting washed out, so that if it's maybe just an inside zone handoff, they can try and stuff the run right at the line of scrimmage. The defensive line's going to have to worry about that a lot more than everything else. So for the linebackers, 
you're going to have to make sure that you're not creeping in too far where the box is at, where the center is at, because if you do that sort of thing, like this unit has done at times this season, then that's how a Zion Webb for Jacksonville State can all of a sudden take off running, and he gets 12, 15, 20 yards in one singular play, and now all of a sudden you find yourselves around midfield, or maybe the other Gamecocks are now in your red zone. You cannot afford to have that happen too many times in this football game, or else Jacksonville State could make things interesting, at least offensively speaking, for their team. Now, I will say, I did have this thought on Wednesday regarding South Carolina's defense. They've been playing some of their best ball of the season over the past couple of games. Think about this. Since halftime of the Missouri game, because obviously the first half in that game was just egregiously bad. The Gamecocks have only given up 19 points outside of that second quarter against Texas A&M. Again, another quarter where, yes, they did not play very well. It also wasn't all their fault as we definitely went over once that game finished up and took place. But this defense, while I'm not going to say that they have completely figured things out, they have certainly made some progress in certain areas over the past couple of games so I would think that this deep into the season with this kind of offense while yes it is a bit unique in the sense that it is somewhat archaic to the point where you don't see it very much throughout the football season anymore it is unique in that aspect but I don't think that South Carolina's defense should fall for too much of the misdirection and sort of you know I'm going to make you look this way and we're going to go that way I don't think that they should fall for that very often in this matchup. And Jacksonville State, again, with Zion Webb not being the greatest passing quarterback, they don't have much play action to speak of. They do try to run some play action at times. They will sometimes call for shot plays. They're not afraid to do that. But with the way that Zion Webb throws the football, even if you do get suckered in a couple times, I don't think you got to worry about that too much for your South Carolina's defense. So, main point of emphasis for them in this game, just make sure that you don't take yourself out of position. And as long as you do that, this Gamecock defense should be just fine against this Jacksonville State offense on Saturday afternoon. Now, speaking of defense, we're going to continue our 2024 commit profiles here in just a couple moments with defensive back Jalewis Solomon, what could he bring to the defensive secondary for South Carolina? And could he end up seeing the field on that side of the ball in year one? We'll dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. The NFL is going across the pond once again as they will have an NFL game taking place in Frankfurt, Germany on Sunday morning at 9.31 a.m. Eastern Time as the Miami Dolphins will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are currently one and a half point favorites in the eyes of the FanDuel odds makers and the money line for this game is set for the Chiefs to be at minus 126 and the Dolphins money line is at plus 108. Do you think that the 
reigning defending Super Bowl champs are going to get it done in Germany? Or is Mike McDaniel going to have something cooking for those Chiefs on Sunday morning? No matter what you think, right now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. Let's talk about one of multiple defensive back commits in the 2024 class for South Carolina in four-star defensive back commit Jalewis Solomon. Jalewis Solomon literally just flipped to South Carolina basically a few weeks ago after originally committing to the Auburn Tigers back in early August, which was a big-time surprise considering the way in which all those events unfolded and went down. Solomon did wind up in South Carolina's class at the end of the day, and Considering how things have been playing out, I don't think that that is going to change all the way up to early signing day or February's national signing day. So what all are the Gamecocks getting with Jalewis Solomon? Well, in terms of his biggest strength, there's actually two different ones that I wanted to list here. One is Jalewis Solomon's ball skills that he has from an athleticism standpoint. Jalewis Solomon plays both sides of the ball for Schley County High School, and that is a really big indicator of the kind of guy that you are getting when it comes to his hand-eye coordination, his ability to high point the football and make a play happen on the football, whether it is dislodging it, maybe jumping a route for an interception or making a leaping grab over a defensive back. He has quite literally done all of it for his high school football team over the past year or two. So when you see a guy like him that plays both sides of the ball, a defensive back and wide receiver, then you know you've got a potential ball hawk on your hands. Also, positionally speaking, since he's going to be playing defensive back at the collegiate level, I really like how Jalewis Solomon sifts through traffic and he's willing to be physical at the point of attack. This is not a guy that is afraid of contact and is a big reason why I think he can help his position group in this defensive secondary here for South Carolina because he can be an enforcer in the run game at the corner or nickel corner position. Because he's got a really decent frame, being listed at six foot, 185 pounds, and he has the right mentality in terms of how he can diagnose plays in the backfield, whether or not a play is coming his way, and then being able to properly take the actions to put himself in position, to put himself in position to make the play right around the line of scrimmage. Now, the issue with Jalewis Solomon's skill set is trying to figure out whether or not he should play outside corner or nickel corner because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a choice in terms of how the Gamecocks defensive coaching staff wants to utilize him properly. They could put him at outside corner because of the fact that again, he is six foot 185 pounds. And in terms of his frame there, that is perfect for that outside corner position. And typically you want to have your bigger cornerbacks or your bigger defensive backs that can handle sort of close quarters defensive play playing those outside corner spots but at the same time because his strengths seem to mainly lie in rush defense on that side of the ball 
He also could be a much better nickel corner. He could be suited for that nickel corner spot because the nickel corner position is usually slotted closer to the box where all the action is taking place. So if Clay White and this defensive coaching staff or whoever it may be, you know, if they like his play style, then they might want to have him at that nickel corner spot. And that is also going to decide maybe how much playing time he gets in his freshman season this next fall. Because, you know, if he ends up going to the outside corner position, I think that it's more likely that he ends up redshirting. I'm not fully convinced of it, but I could definitely see it because there's going to be a bunch of dudes in front of him that already have at least one whole season or more of experience in this system with guys like O'Donnell Fortune, who's expected, I believe, as of right now, to be back for this team this next season. You've also got guys like Judge Collier and Emery Floyd, Vakari Swain, who's been here already for one full football season. There's going to be guys in front of him. They're going to make it difficult to get reps early on at that outside corner spot. So that's why I say lean red shirt there. But let's say it's still a nickel formation that is primarily used in this defense, or it still gets a lot of play in this defensive scheme in 2024. If that's the case, I think Julius Solomon can definitely play defensively in year one, because right now, um, I'm going to be honest with you, the Gamecocks, they do not have really a traditional nickel corner, at least they seem to trust enough on this roster. They started off with Keenan Nelson Jr., then he got hurt against North Carolina. We didn't see him at all until this past weekend against Texas A&M when he was playing safety. DQ Smith's gotten time there, Nick Emmonworry, now Jalen Kilgore seems to be the starting nickel corner. They've just, they've got to have a traditional corner playing at that position. And I think that Julius Saltman, he would be the perfect solution for that sort of quandary that the staff has been dealing with in 2023. So if he gets put there at that spot, I think he absolutely could play in year one, and I certainly would not see him redshirting. He very well may not redshirt at all because... He could also probably be a good special teamer. Obviously, Pete Limbo, he likes to get these guys involved in special teams. And with a guy that plays like Julius Solomon does, he could be very well suited for at least one or two of those special teams units under Pete Limbo's watch. So Julius Solomon, in terms of the importance of this pickup, I think he's one of the bigger ones in the 2024 class for Shane Beamer and this coaching staff. And I certainly think that either way, he is going to help this football team in 2024. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are y'all's thoughts on the opportunity that Spencer Rattler and this offense could have against the Gamecocks defense on Saturday? Still weird to say that. What are your thoughts on Jacksonville State's offense? Do you think that South Carolina's defense can continue to show improvement this weekend? And what are your thoughts on Jalewis Solomon and what he could do for this football team this next fall? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on X or Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Ah!